Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And what are we talking about today? Today we are going to be talking about the beluga whale. Uh, the beluga whale has a couple nicknames. Uh, the main ones are going to be the canaries of the sea. Uh, due to the di- the very different and the many different vocalizations they use, uh, the other big ones are going to be white whale and melon head. So they inhabit the oceans um, in Arctic and subarctic oceans around North America, Russian, and Greenland. So they're really just uh, at the top of the map, basically, is where they swim around. And uh, like other whales, um, they migrate. So during the fall, when the ice starts to form, they will migrate south. And then they will return in the spring as the ice starts to break up again um, in order to mate and feed again. They can also be found near river mouths and have sometimes even been found venturing upriver. And then getting into the description, the physical description of the beluga whale, uh, as for color, I mentioned they're called the white whale. It's because they tend to be very like pure white to almost like a really light gray in color. So that's where they get the white whale nickname. And then size, they can grow anywhere between eight and a half to 22 feet long. So they're not the biggest whale by a long shot, but they're still pretty big creatures. And they can weigh between 1,500 and 3,500 pounds. So we mentioned earlier that they have the nickname of the melon head, which kind of sounded silly, but there is a reason for it. They have a very bulbous forehead. Uh, if you've ever seen one or seen a picture, they have a very rounded and uh protruding forehead Um, and it's actually called a melon because this is where the uh, echolocation organ is stored and it is called the melon and the melon is actually very flexible and we uh, mentioned that they have a lot of different vocalizations that they can make and they can do this because they can move their melon around a lot and that helps uh, come out with different noises that they make. And then as with a lot of other kind of whales, they do not have a dorsal fin and it allows them to swim under ice with ease. And then they are uh, very stocky. Uh, Like most whales, they have a lot of blubber, but especially since they live in colder temperatures, uh, they have to have very thick fat to help keep them warm. And they have fat that can actually grow up to six inches thick. uh, So to help really keep them warm. And then its sense of hearing is extremely highly developed. Like Julia mentioned, they have a lot of echolocation. So the hearing also has to be finely developed so it's able to uh, use those signals it gets back well. And they use a lot of this to help them find food and to help find breathing holes under the ice that they are swimming under. And one cool physical characteristic um, that is unlike any other uh, whales or dolphin species is that the vertebrae in the neck are not fused together. And this means that it can actually turn its head laterally without rotating its body. So it can turn its head back and forth, uh, similar to humans that can, without actually moving their body. And then as for what the beluga eats, it eats a variety of different fish species, such as salmon and herring, as well as shrimp, crabs, and mollusks. 
They are opportunistic feeders, which means that they don't really hunt for these creatures. Um, it's when they stumble upon them and they're hungry, then, they're eat, then they'll eat them. Uh, they don't use their teeth to chew, but they'll actually catch hold of their prey and then tear them up and swallow them um, pretty much nearly whole or in really large chunks. And moving along to what eats it, it's only natural predators are larger predatory whales such as orcas and polar bears are pretty much its only known natural predators because of its size. And then getting into mating, so most mating occurs usually between February and May, uh, but some mating has occurred outside of that time. Uh, during the mating season, the, the mass of the testicles of male belugas will actually double in weight, which is insane to think about. And then its testosterone levels also increase, but that seems to be independent of the copulation. So after uh, the blue whale gets pregnant, gestation period is estimated to be about 12 to 14 and a half months, but may last even up to 16 months. And typically they only give birth to one calf about every three years. And then when the babies are born, they're typically about five feet long and weigh about 180 pounds. And they don't come out pure white like we see uh, with the older mature belugas. They come out almost gray in color. And they're actually able to swim alongside their mothers immediately after birth. So like Julia mentioned, when the calves come out, they're gray. And by the time they're about a month old, they've actually turned darker to like a dark gray or like a blue gray. And then they slowly start to lose the pigmentation until they become like the pure white that adults become. And then usually that's around the age of seven in females and nine in males. And then child rearing is really interesting in the beluga whale world. So some mothers are extremely attentive with their calves, while some are kind of more relaxed or like don't care where they there have been instances where they actually lose their calves and they can't find them. And then there have been documented instances where dominant females have stolen calves from other mothers, especially if the, they have lost a calf before or if that mother is pregnant. And then after giving birth, the dominant females will return the calf back to the original mother. Also, uh, male calves will sometimes leave their mothers to interact with other adult males. Um, and this is kind of seen, um, you know, they're serving as a role model for the calf uh, before they return back to their mothers. And it's also seen that male calves will interact with each other. So the two younger males will interact with each other from different mothers. And the calves will remain dependent on their mothers for the, about the first year of their life while their teeth appear. And after the teeth grow in, they'll start to supplement their diet with shrimp and small fish. Uh, and the majority of calves will continue nursing, though, until they are about 20 months old. And male beluga whales take about seven to nine years to become sexually mature, while females take four to seven. And their lifespan is somewhere between 35 and 50 years. And like other whales, uh, belugas are very sociable animals um, that live, hunt, and even migrate together in pods. That can range from a few individuals to hundreds or sometimes even thousands of whales. And these whale pods can actually be grouped into three categories. Uh, one being the nurseries, which consist of mother and calves. Uh, one being the bachelors, which consists of all males. And one being mixed groups that have just a little bit of everybody in it. And in these pods, they are very sociable, like Julia said. And you'll see them usually playing with each other, whether it be playing or fighting and like rubbing up against each other. And then often some, oftentimes, some individuals will surface and dive together in like a synchronized sort of way, and it's known as milling. 
So we mentioned that one of their nicknames is the canary of the sea. Um, and this is because of the different noises that they can produce. Um, and they produce things such as chirps, clicks, whistles, and squeals. Um, and each one kind of means a different thing. So basically whistles and clicks are uh, burst calls and indicate uh, social communication. Um, while things like the uh, squealing tend to indicate uh, aggression or uh, hunting behavior. And then as for population size, they're estimated that there are over 150,000 in the wild, and they're listed as near-threatened by the IUCN. Their main threats include climate change and pollution and overfishing are the main ones. So most sea creatures that we talk about, those are going to be the three big things is climate change, pollution, and overfishing. So the beluga whale is one of two members of its family, with the other being the narwhal. And then they are very slow swimmers, uh, but they can actually dive up to 2,300 feet below the surface. So we mentioned that they uh, are uh, at risk to overfishing, uh, especially during the 19th and 20th century. The native people of North America and Russia uh, hunted them for their blubber a lot, um, but they're actually not controlled by the International Whaling Commission. Um, so each country has developed their own rules about uh, overfishing for these blue whales in their actual countries, which is why fishing rules can be kind of lax with them. And as of now, basically the only people that uh, are allowed to hunt belugas for consumption and sale are uh, Inuit people in Canada and Greenland, as well as Alaska Native groups and Russians. And beluga whales actually shed their skin, unlike uh, others in its that it's related to. So during the winter, their skin will thicken and the skin becomes kind of yellowish on the back and on their fins. And then when they migrate during the summer, they rub themselves on the gravel of the riverbeds to help get rid of that skin that they want to shed. And we mentioned that they have a very uh, strong sense of hearing. Um, and just to put it into perspective, it can hear sounds within the range of 1.2 to 120 kilohertz. Um, and humans can uh, hear things between 0.02 to 20 kilohertz. So that's just uh, the great range that it can actually hear on. And we know that they're very sociable and like to play. Um, some other instances of them doing this is that uh, sometimes they will blow bubbles. Uh, one whale will blow bubbles while the other one will pop them. And there's also been reports of the whales copying and um, imitating one another, similar to uh, what we would know as like a game of Simon Says. Um, they've also been uh, reported displaying physical affection, um, ma like mouth-to-mouth -mouth contact, so what we would think of as kissing. Um, they also show a great deal of curiosity with humans, um, and we see this with other whale species as well, but they like to swim along with them as well as uh, play with things in the water that humans have dropped. And that wraps up what we have on the beluga whale. Uh, thanks for listening. Tune in next week where we're going to be talking about the bearded reedling. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.